Welcome to Anarchists and Androids. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, Parenthesis I. Hello, everyone. So, we, we we like Star Wars here. We started off with Andor, and, and we're going to, we, we did Tales of the Jedi, and we're going to dip back into the Star Wars universe again this week, and I think next week we're going to do some sci-fi that's out of the Star Wars realms. Yeah, and that's <laughs> out of the Disney Plus realm, too. <laughs> oh, we're getting away from Disney Plus. We're bad. We're bad. We yeah. need to be only only watching Disney-approved products here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only anarchist podcast that's funded by the Disney Corporation. <laughs> we are funded completely. I wish they fund us. Oh, yeah. Money, Disney. <laughs> yeah, oh, some I, of the Disney money. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd happily quit my job and just like do this podcast full time if Disney's willing to pay for it. Yeah, we'll do like uh, I, 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 someone pay for it. I'll do like a two hour morning show. I'd like to do a two hour morning show on the radio. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. they, they do the radio talk radio show. I could do that. I could do a two hour talk radio show. I listen to way too much talk radio. Yeah. <laughs> and then people like there'll be these op ed pieces everywhere of analyzing why is the Disney Corporation paying for these anarchists that have a daily show because <laughs> this anarchist is standing on the superheroes <laughs> yeah. like a bad anarchist <laughs> oh, yeah. so solo yeah this is going we're going back in time now here to like uh what oh i was looking at the wrong one i think uh, the solo movie was directed by ron howard and came out in may of 2018 so like over four years ago so also one thing to know about the solo movie, and I think it impacts it, is that there was another group writing and directing and made this film, and then they brought Ron Howard in to kind of take over and redo it. And I feel that the final product of that, Passing Hands, I wish Ron Howard would have would have been involved from the get-go and not oh, picking it up. Wow, so this is a miniature version of the story of the sequel movies. Yes. J.J. Abrams, and then they switched. Yes, so I wish that they would not have changed hands in the middle of the movie. I think it would have been interesting to see what Ron Howard would have done if he were there from the beginning, scripting it, all the ideas, and not taking up what stuff already laid out by someone. Um, I'm going to be straight up. I like the new Disney Star Wars stuff much more than I like the uh, 2000s prequel stuff, definitely. And of the new Disney Star Wars stuff, Solo, I think, might be my least favorite entry. (laughs) When you're just talking about like live action stuff, too. Yeah, just I, I mostly refer to the live action stuff. I think at this point, Solo may be my least favorite Star Wars entry. Well, wait, wait. So then you're also including like the uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Yes, I am. Whoa! Oh my god! I I don't understand you, man. (laughs) No, I hate the the Rise of Skywalker. Like my mind, I can't even wrap it around the Rise of Skywalker actually being Star Wars. Like, so the Rise of Skywalker did something that I did not care for, and that was this like weird backtrack thing that it did. I, I feel that it should not have done that. There were things I enjoyed about it as a standalone movie popcorn film that I had fun with. Now there were things I enjoyed about Solo. There were things I disliked about Solo. (laughs) Interesting, because I feel like as time goes on, my appreciation for the movie Solo is increasing. And as time goes on, my hatred of The Rise of Skywalker is increasing. (laughs) It's been a bit since I've watched The Rise of Skywalker. I might have to try to, with uh, with the holiday season here, 
I may have to try to find some time to sit down and watch some of those movies. <laughs> I might just wait till we decide to go over them here and then watch them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so the, yeah, and there is a connection then with Andor in that uh, I believe out of all the Star Wars live action stuff uh, in the Star Wars timeline continuity, the Solo movie is like the closest in time to Andor. You know, with the exception, of course, of Rogue One and uh, A New Hope, it's the closest in time before the Andor series takes place. Yes. This is Andor, I think, takes place five years before the Death Star gets blown up. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, five BBY, they call it, before the Battle of Yavin. Now, there was a thing I was looking at. I think, I think what this was taking place like 10 years before the Battle of Yavin. Am I incorrect in that? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And maybe 10 years after the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Oh, the Obi Wan Kenobi series uh, was, I think, uh, almost at solo level for me at this point. <laughs> oh. oh, so you didn't like that one too? <laughs> I didn't dislike it. I did. There were parts I really liked about it and thought was cool, and it looked similar to the uh, the the Rise of Skywalker. There were parts like, oh, that's neat. I like seeing you know Darth Vader and Obi Wan fight. I like the visual here. But I didn't feel the journey to get there was was as satisfying as watching Andor. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to rewatching Andor. But okay, so the, going back to Solo here because it's easy to talk about other things. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I noticed right off the the bat uh, is that Han Solo. It tells the story of Han Solo, right? And in the beginning, it kind of implies that Han Solo has a a backstory that's like Oliver Twist, but in space. <laughs> yeah, he's like an orphan. Yeah, they and and there is like I guess it seems like they're saying, oh, these orphan kids that were used to run crimes in this little backwater planet, growing up and well, it looked to be like like an urban environment, and he's kind of a jack of all trades, Han Solo. I I don't feel we ever needed a Han Solo backstory to begin with. I oh, like man. the character of Han Solo. I don't think the guy they casted was bad. <laughs> I, I I don't. He's not definitely not Harrison Ford when you look at him. But his acting is good, and he has a certain like cowboy thing going on that's fitting for a Han Solo. Um, my favorite stuff in the movie, I like the one the droid is L three. Is that what what her? Oh, oh yeah, the droids rights activist. Yes, so she's she's uh she's very much about droids rights, um, equality and stuff like that, and I appreciate what they do with her. I just feel that I want more of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. and it begs the question, like if like she died in the movie, but uh, no, no, she didn't actually. She becomes the merges with the computer of the Millennium Falcon. So the Millennium Falcon is is the Millennium Falcon a droids rights activist now is the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as well as like a purely functional spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> but because of merging with the Millennium Falcon, you could say that L3 appears in the sequel movies and the original trilogy and all that. <laughs> oh my goodness, she's in all of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just don't see. She's in the circuitry of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. It's similar to like how they say with uh, uh, R two D two is they say since R two D 2s memory was never wiped, uh, and R two D two shows up in so much of if not most of it uh, of all the Star Wars stuff is that you could say Star Wars is the story of R two D two. I like that. I'm gonna go with that. Let's just give R two D two make the make the make what is it ten eleven and twelve and it's just following R two D two someplace completely different yeah, totally new yeah. people Star Wars is the story of R two D two yeah <laughs> just give up on all the Skywalker stuff <laughs> yeah ten eleven twelve 
The return of R2D2. R2D2 returns. R2D2 strikes back. And then oh, the and that's another thing. <laughs> yeah, because like last night I uh, rewatched uh, Return of the Jedi. And one yes. thing I noticed with that is that uh, they they translate some of the languages, like, you know, Jabba the Hutt, for example, they do translation on the bottom with subtitles. But there are some people, some characters like uh, Chewie Chewbacca and R2D2 that are talking that they don't ever translate. And some people understand their language and other people don't. Well, that that comes up in this too because I don't remember Han Solo growling at Chewbacca in any of the original films, but in this one, he shows that he can speak. I yeah. guess Wookiees, Wookie. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. He can speak Wookie, and and he growls it, which is a little strange because you're used to seeing him. But I guess it kind of makes sense. Hey, I know a little Wookiee. I understand what you're saying, type thing. I know in the beginning for Han Solo's story is like at the spaceport. They uh, Han Solo and his girlfriend Kira they have to bribe a guard to get in, and then uh, you know Kira doesn't get past, and she gets caught by the guards and all that. And then Han Solo joins the military to yeah. basically <laughs> avoid being caught by the police, and he w- stayed in for three years. And so he's gone for a few years. He takes off. There's very much an individualistic, like, Western feel to this. So, like, the Old West, like, I'm the rugged individualist cowboy hero type character. And that's what fuses itself through the whole thing. And I guess doing a Han Solo is kind of who the character is, right? It's He's yeah. the John Wayne of Star Wars, essentially. Oh, <laughs> He's. I, I don't think he's quite the Clint Eastwood. Maybe the John Wayne. So that's there. What the in, the parts that I find most interesting are, like I said, the droid who is the droid's rights activist, and then the group that they're, they're they have conflict with, who is apparently uh, various comprised of various, I guess, indigenous folks from different planets and whatnot who have had who have been essentially been exploited for their natural resources. Oh, you mean the, the group, are you talking about that the military is at war with, that Han Solo is yeah. in the Imperial Army? Oh, yeah. And they say that they're at war so that the military can install a regime that's loyal to the emperor. So by the time they, they get the, uh, what is that stuff called again? I completely forget what it was called now. <laughs> I should have probably written that down. But they're stealing, so they originally do a big heist of this power source. Oh, yeah. What was that yeah. stuff called again? Well, I don't know. But I know, like, so there's the criminal organization called Crimson Dawn. Yes. That, and they hire uh, what Dryden Voss is the, the head of that. And Dryden Voss is played by the same actor that plays Vision in the MCU. Yeah, that's Paul Bettany. I, I like oh, Paul, Paul Bettany. Bettany. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they hire, like, uh, Beckett and Val to rob a train. And so it's interesting. So there's Val in this movie. And in Andor, there's Val. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the like yeah a lot of the uh the story is kind of similar to andor you got the train heist going on and whatnot and they have that coaxium uh is what it's called from the pike syndicate who the pike syndicate we get again we see and was it man it wasn't mandalorian it was oh, in boba, boba fett, fett where yeah. they had conflict with the pike syndicate so we get a glimpse of the pike syndicate there that had expanded out they're kind of trying to lay a foundation for a wider criminal organizations and syndicates and whatnot, uh, which is interesting, I guess. I'm I'm more interested in like, I mean, they're just essentially space capitalists that are doing stuff under the radar, you know, like well, I, I call this like more like capitalism. The, well, it's kind of like the, yeah, the cartels of like mm-hmm. Mexico and stuff. 
So this is going back to like the Anacapulco stuff we talked about. <laughs> yeah, so we're going into the cartels and stuff like that, essentially, to their deal with it. Just massive. The cartels are just massive capitalist structures that that don't have the state to enforce it through violence. They have their own employees too. You know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so, was thinking, like, what's the difference then between like the big cartels in those situations? and a government. Mm. And I would say maybe the difference is that other governments don't recognize them as legitimate. Yeah, because a lot of times they they uh, they serve the same purpose in many ways and have the same functions. Yeah. Uh, they use violence to protect property and their wealth and their interests. Both do that. It's just the government does it for the company, whereas the company is doing it itself in the cartel. Those are the two biggest differences. Yeah. <laughs> What's What's interesting in the prequel movies, uh, the at least the Trade Federation has a Senate seat. I want to go back into towards the end of this. There was uh, we we get Carly Morgenthau comes back to us oh, okay. <laughs> from the oh, the Falcon and the Winter yeah. Soldier. Oh, not not only that, but she shows up with uh, Warwick Davis too. Yeah, I love yeah. Warwick <laughs> Davis. He's great. He's great. Yeah. And he also plays the Ewok in The Return of the Jedi. Yes, and he was <laughs> really young when he did that. He was still a kid, like a teenager, playing an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And her name was it was Enfys Nest. Is that correct? Is that how you pronounce it? Her name is Ari Kellyman. Erin yeah. Kellyman plays the character, and she, she explains how that they are a conglomerate of various uh, societies who have had been exploited through all this mining and whatnot and they're kind of fighting back so they're like an early stage of the rebellion before we run into andor well they're kind of like a rebellion against crimson dawn yeah yeah which happens in mexico i think i've heard some stories of like some towns and villages that rise up against the cartels so uh, this whole group they're an interesting group to look at i i'm kind of like like they're fighting against this Crimson Dawn's colonialism and the mining they've been done and stuff like that from what it sounded like they were saying. So I think that's interesting. Um, where the movie 100% loses me, the part that I just can't take with this movie and watching it this time, I couldn't take it again. And, and it's, I know it's such a small thing in the overall scheme of this movie, but it bothers me. Is <laughs> is we get towards the end and and we have our big fight, and then she calls to the to the big baddie, and it's Darth Maul from oh, that, one yes. who is dead. <laughs> and not only is it Darth Maul, but it, it, but usually you have like your little projection, your little hologram. You're talking to somebody like the Emperor or whatnot. But this one happens to be in color because you know you got to show off the red face. I guess it can't yeah. be the. And he starts to just do his force tricks and swing around a lightsaber for no damn reason other yeah. than the fact that he's showing up and he's i'm darth maul my lights i'm like oh no this is terrible it just that moment pulls me out of the movie yeah takes me right back to a series of star wars films that i was very disappointed with yeah, yeah. and it breaks it for me that is like there were a few other things in there like ah, it could be all right it could be all right but that there that moment yeah. ruined the whole damn movie for me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> wow, yeah. I feel like I dislike it, but not as strongly as you do. <laughs> I really dislike that part. Like, like this time I watched it again, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna give it a try. And I was like, oh, I forgot he actually does do his like flexing and spinning of the lightsaber in this. Did the Emperor do that, or Vader, or anybody else when they're talking in a hologram decide to flex like they're at the gym or something? <laughs> oh yeah, wow, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, because like you just know that the Emperor and Darth Vader are like powerful people you don't mess with. But it feels like with Darth Maul, like he has to show off. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I really, that part there gives me a hard time for the whole thing. <laughs> I, I get the impression that they included that part uh, with the intention of making uh, sequels to the solo movie. Yeah, and they they give hints too. Like they're talking about going to Tatooine. You're getting the impression that we're that Han's planning on going to get involved with Jabba the Hutt and see yeah. what he was running from in the original trilogy and what happened there. I am gonna say this: I don't think we ever needed a Han Solo movie or backstory. Period. And I'm oh. not that curious to see them continue. It. Yeah, and I think like. The movie performed like I looked up like it made more money than it cost to make, mm-hmm. but like I think it still didn't make enough money, like not enough millions of dollars. And as a result, like I think all like ideas of making sequels have been scrapped. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not sad that we have it. It was an enjoyable watch to watch it again. I don't hate it, uh, mm. but like I said, it's my least favorite of the new Disney round of Star Wars since Disney acquired it and started putting out new Star Wars content. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> it is at this point. Now, and as for like, like I, I feel spoiled with Andor because Andor had so much to discuss and talk about. They pointed out, whereas this goes back to the old original Star Wars formula, which is this is a swashbuckling adventure. You know, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's not as well in depth thought out the world and the politics and everything. Oh, but one thing they they did mention too is a. Uh... That the Wookiees were enslaved by the Empire and uh, taken away from the home planet of Kashyyyk. Yeah, and, and then we get the pl- the one scene which was cool, um, where they come down for the heist and they're trying to they're trying the second heist because they have to now they're going to steal the raw mineral that makes up the what was it what we call it I can't remember what it was called again. Oh. I, I googled it and looked it up and then I forgot again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the and that's a similarity. Coaxium. Oh yeah. Because Andor has a heist too, so yes, they have that in common. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely Andor's heist. I feel they pulled off much better. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I like the television TV format because you got time to build it up and explain and give that background. Whereas in the film, it's just constant. Got to run, got to jump, have another action scene. And by the time you get to where they're mining the stuff, it was, we say it was coaxium. This is what right. it's called, the coaxium. Uh, and that planet, there is sort of a revolution that occurs largely in part because of our uh, L3, I believe her name is. Oh, yeah. It? She was like, oh, yeah, because like the droids, they have a restraining bolt, which mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, that it's like a device that takes away free will from mm-hmm. the droids. And so she was taking that off and she, she's like telling them, you know, rebellion, go free. And and like other droids were taking off restraining bolts from the droids that still have them. And then also they were freeing the Wookiee slaves at the same time. So yeah, the Wookiees are getting free, the droids are getting free, it's a power to the people yeah. kind of vibe, but it's all very in the background to distract for the heist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because like I keep wondering, like L3, like if L3 had not like been merged with the Millennium Falcon, she could have become like a great leader of the rebellion. That would have been good. I would have preferred yeah. that. I would have preferred yeah. her to like lead the rebellion and fight and talk yeah, about droids' she'd be, rights. <laughs> she'd be showing up in like the Andor series talking to like, you know, uh, Luthen. <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have yeah, been cool. Yeah. I would have preferred that approach to <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so we have a bit of like rebellion and revolution there. But again, like the terms rebellion and revolution are just for action shots in the background. They don't get much developed into anything great. 
And it's all a lot of Han trying to get out quick with his score. It's okay. It's a fun, fast-paced thing. Woody Harrelson's an interesting person to have in this movie. Oh, no, I was going to mention, you You know, Woody Harrelson calls himself an anarchist. I've heard that. I've been curious yeah. about where he uh, where he lies on the anarcho spectrum. I've heard that he's going to be playing in a film where he plays the author of the anarchist cookbook, which is oh. interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the so, response. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Is that bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because. The anarchist cookbook is one of like the least anarchist books out there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe that kind of describes his level of anarchism because when he talks about it, he doesn't seem to know that much about anarchism. I don't know what I don't know what like I said, there's there's when people say the term anarchism, there's a wide spectrum of things that come um, up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some things leaning into some more right wing things that have occurred in recent decades. That's like, oh, oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. You would associate that with anarchism because yeah, the history like, of anarchism is not that. <laughs> yeah, like Elon Musk would be an example of that. He's kind of more the right wing kind of yeah. crowd. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, Ch uh, Charlie Chaplin also called himself an anarchist. Yeah, but Charlie also... Chaplin's was hazy. Um, yeah. I'm a big, uh, his films are amazing and they have some of the best class conscious stuff you made in America, made in films that were made in the United States uh, of anything. They're brilliant. As I understand, and, I, and I'm not the biggest Charlie Chaplin like aficionado, as I understand, he had very left-wing sympathies, but he also had an eye that realized that the working class is the mass amount of people who are going to go see these movies, and he's making these films for the working class to see. Yeah, and it seems <laughs> like Woody Harrelson, he seems like a lot of his movies, like, you know, in the Hunger Game movies and mm -hmm. Natural One Killers, you know, it's kind of some kind of violent rebel guy. And that's what he plays in this movie as well. Just like a violent freelance rebel. And so not really part of any bigger cause. So an anarchist in the sense of like rejecting authority, but not really advocating for any kind of class conscious new society. Yeah, yeah there's no, there's not really much of like, at the end of the day, like a big part of the anarchism that I adhere to is the rejection of capitalism. That's definitely not what's happening. There's, it's a lot of subterfuge and fight over big large amounts of money oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah especially in this movie yeah he's like basically he's all in it for himself and he says uh oh yeah so here's a quote from the movie he said assume that everyone will portray you and you will never be disappointed oh that's that's very that's very much the opposite of solidarity yeah, yeah <laughs> so he's more like that guy that uh and cassian andor killed in the andor series who yeah. was just all about himself yeah, for the most part, he it's like he well, um, what was his name? Because he's because after they killed Nemec, Nemec got killed. He kind of gave up any hope he had for the rebellion. So I feel that there was yeah. a little more of a his tie to rebellion and some kind of ideology was inspired by Nemec. And when Nemec dies, he's like, "Screw this! I'm gonna get this money and get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of a turning point for him. And the same thing in this movie, uh, Beckett is the guy that uh, Woody Harrelson plays. And so his girlfriend, Val, uh, seems to be like his, the, his uh, nemic, basically. And yes. so when Val dies, then I think he loses all kind of touch with compassion and community. <laughs> and, and she was played by the wonderful Thandie Newton, who is, who, is, who is in a lot of stuff. She's a pretty cool actor. Um, and now one person we haven't talked about so far here is Lando Calrissian. Yeah, we definitely got to talk about Lando. Now, the <laughs> this that might the Lando stuff 
with Childish Gambino or uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, as his, I guess his. I don't, I don't even know if Donald Glover's his real name. Childish Gambino is his name he uses when he does music. Yeah. Um, but Lando Calrissian uh, in this is probably one of my favorite things of it. I like the cast used there. I would much rather see, um, a movie about Lando than about Han. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, actually, you're in luck. Remember, because they announced that there's going to be a Lando series coming. Is up. Is there going to be a Lando series coming up? At this point, I feel like they're kind of like, if there's a here's what would be cool would be to see a Lando series with him and old what's his name back in the role both. Oh, yeah. um, Billy D. Williams. Yeah, and seeing Billy D. come in and doing the old like they did in the old Ninja Turtle comics back in the day. Where you have an old Billy D sitting there going, let me tell you a story. And then he yeah, recaps okay. <laughs> some some over-the-top story about how great he is so that that Donald Glover can come in and be like, hey, look how cool I am. And be even cooler than he really would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, this, and every now and then you can have someone interrupt like, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think. I think they did that with the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Exactly. That's yeah, what yeah. I want to see with Lando Calrissian. What they yeah. did with the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I love that idea because like you could have it then serve like the older Lando could be like a sequel to the sequel movies, but then yes. it goes back into like the Donald Glover, you know, the his, the past. Yeah. And yeah, and it would be fun, and and you you could be a little sketchy, use a little bit of that uh, unreliable narrator type stuff to make it a little interesting in certain ways. I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that. I don't. I I feel we got a good look at Lando, a good introduction of a new person playing him. But I feel that there's a lot more you can do with Lando. Now, in general, I'm not a fan of bringing back the old characters and exploring them. But I'm not gonna lie. The one that I'm interested in after seeing seeing old childish Gambino in the role is Lando. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and what's interesting is like, so they imply that like he has a crush on the droid L three, but L three doesn't reciprocate the feelings. But they also kind of imply that they still have been having sex. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm not sure what was going on with the droid. Was the droid implying that, or was he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was just kind of left vague, you know. Yeah. I think the droid definitely said stuff to that effect, and that that there was that he was into the droid, but he. I don't know if he ever came out and affirmed that. I couldn't yeah. tell if the droid was being. Uh, truthful with us or not <laughs> yeah yeah so like it could, but that that could be like explored in the series is like you know he's constantly like having crushes on different droids you know? <laughs> that could be interesting yeah let's see what the the, the, the which way his circuits flow <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i like i said i think the most interesting things that are me to, to examine in this you've got power structures of course of the the empire which is not the most prevalent thing throughout this entire series. You've got this. You're more concerned about fleshing out the scum and villainy side. There's like the three aspects of Star Wars, right? There's the rebellion. We have the militant. There's the Jedi stuff where you have the, all those super orders. And then you have the scum and villainy where you have rogues and criminal elements. So those are kind of like the three different pillars of Star Wars, so to say, right? Yeah, yeah, and this is kind of situating itself into that scum and villainy pillar, and and they're fleshing out, kind of fleshing out that one um, criminal syndicate that has been in other things, which is oh. 
what Crimson Dawn. The Crimson Dawn. And uh, I'm not as overly intrigued by this Crimson Dawn. I do like Paul Bettany. Um, he would have been more intimidating of a character, I think, if they would have made different choices with him. And 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 let me put this out here too. There was the little monkey feller who started at the beginning with them. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. And like, he has like four oh. arms and it looks like the same creature that was operating on uh, Nemec in the yeah. Andor series. I, I, I kind of would have preferred if they would have just done like an alien in a suit type character with him instead of having to be, jump around as a CGI character. Oh, <laughs> I think I would have preferred that grounding there just or even doesn't even have to have an alien face. Just wrap him up like they do with everybody else. Like oh, yeah. Boba Fett, put a robot mask on him, and I'm some kind of alien thing. <laughs> yeah. How would I preferred that? Oh, one thing they said in uh, the solo series here is that Lando is a smuggler that has slipped past the Empire more than anyone else has ever done. <laughs> so he's a great smuggler. And so when was he slipping past the Empire all this time? Like, I, I want to know about that. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, what is he smuggling? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I yeah, I'm curious. I'm I'm more the of the characters that showed up in here, the one that I'm most intrigued by and interested and curious about is Lando Calrissian. Yeah. We only get a brief glimpse of him in Empire Strikes Back where he betrays Han and everybody, but then he comes in at the end, joins the rebellion and in, in Return of the Jedi, and then we see him again in uh in in What's it that the oh, oh god yeah you make me have to say that horrible name yeah yeah the, the, the rise of Skywalker the rise of Skywalker your favorite yeah I I liked seeing Lando Calrissian in the rise of Skywalker it was cool <laughs> yeah, he just kind of comes out of nowhere yeah he shows up yeah and I guess this this movie isn't that far from removed from that one as it is just kind of a swashbuckler quick adventure thing um mm. after seeing all these TV takes I like take I I. I kind of would rather see Star Wars continue on in series format than the big screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, like what you said, like you just have more time to really flesh everything out. Mm-hmm. And I feel that Solo, uh, for I guess for a quick one shot, it was only like a little over two hours, wasn't it? Like two hours, 15 minutes or something like that. Well, I mean, well, keep in mind though, like it seems like they were trying to have a whole series of films that yeah. they were planning initially after it. So it could have served the same function as like a TV series. It could have, but I don't, I mean, here's yeah. the thing though. Even with Andor, how many hours of Andor did we end up getting? Oh, that was, was it like 10, no, 12 episodes. So yeah, that could be. Were they an hour a piece? Is it 10 to 12 hours we got of Andor? Yeah. How I many mean, movies? That's like four movies. Yeah, yeah, right there's more than a trilogy, yeah. So, like, it would take us, how many years does it take to put out a movie? There's a couple years in between each one, between sequels. Yeah. I think I prefer the TV format at this point. I want to see them expand these stories and focus on them. Not everything has to be, oh, and everything has to, when, when they brought out Darth Maul, Oh yeah, that, that ruined I, it for you. <laughs> I I got this very much like 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 at the end of every Marvel movie. Now you get like, hey, it's me, you know, <laughs> and that's the impression I got. Like, hey, we're gonna do like like Marvel, and they're like, oh, it's me, it's Darth Maul. It's like, I don't think that works for Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no, <laughs> yeah, and probably like the box office returns has like confirmed that <laughs> that it mm -hmm. just didn't work for people. Yeah, I don't think, but no, I think. 
I think Darth Maul, though, like I, I looked up some background after the movie because I was so I was like flustered and confused by like Darth oh, Maul. Because I, yeah, because yeah, then it turned out in the Clone Wars TV show, like that's mm-hmm. when goes into the story of what happened to him. Yes, and I was, and I've seen some of that, and I'm aware of that, and I'm not a fan of that. It's kind of one of the reasons I'm not like eager to be like, hey, let's follow all the Clone Wars. Like, eh, yeah, I was okay with him being dead in the first movie. He was really cool in that one. He looked neat. He did his fights cool. I don't see Darth Maul as adding a whole lot to the general Star Wars wider lore <laughs> if oh, I bring man. him back in. <laughs> and and just kind of adds to the whole thing of like, you know, like Darth Maul surviving, you know, uh, the Emperor Darth Sidious, he survived because of the sequel movies, you know, yes. and then uh, Bubba Fett, of course, survived, you know, to have his own TV show. <laughs> so it's kind of like in death. And then you have all the force ghosts out there. Every All these Jedi have force ghosts. So then it's like, yeah, I think they have a phrase in one of the sequel movies. Nobody's ever really gone. So then at some point in time, we're going to get all the Force ghosts of the, the Jedi and the Sith on either side in one great big Avenger-style movie where the Force ghosts go at it. You got Vader attacking Anakin. You got... Yeah. <laughs> well, I think in the Star Wars lore that like Jedi can have Force ghosts, but the Sith, they can't. But then it turns out you know, with the sequel movies that they can do the cloning kind of thing. Oh, uh, so yeah, we got we got we got Vader clones and Emperor oh, yeah, clone, yeah, and Dar- uh, Count Dooku clone. You just <laughs> clone up all the bad guys, and and once AI is perfected, all you gotta do is type in a few sentences, and and, and it'll make the movie for us. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, then into- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you can have the AI animation and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be perfected by then. Only yeah. the fingers will be like noodles flying around in strange places. <laughs> yeah. But I do find it interesting with the Darth Maul story is you could say that like before he was like immersed in that kind of religious cult of the Sith. And then after that near-death experience turned out to be near-death, and then he decided to change his life around and not be religious and instead pursue a life of crime. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know which is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, usually it's the other way around, you know, people with a life of crime and then they have a religious experience and they, they go with that. Oh, I get I get I get I get my good little uh sermon every now and then <laughs> yeah. from, from, from a feller who decided to, to find religion after a life of crime and oh just just i can't say god damn it <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like oops sorry didn't realize it was a bad word <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways we're coming close to time i'm getting way off track here we're coming close to time are there things we need to touch on before we wrap this up oh oh yeah just a uh they, they kind of show with, with Lando Calrissian that like he regularly like gambles and cheats at gambling and he <laughs> is able to amass like real substantial amounts of property by doing this cheating and gambling. I mean, uh, when in Rome, as they say, you know, do and and you're dealing in capitalism, they're, they're all a bunch of cheats and, and cons. Yeah. So if you're going to make money, you got to. You gotta have a scam. You gotta got. You gotta have someone you're you're scamming and cheating somewhere along the lines. <laughs> is it the worker? Or is it someone at the card table? Yeah, because that's one thing. Uh, you know, in the uh, Empire Strikes Back, is like he reveals that he got Cloud City by like gambling. <laughs> he became in charge of a city state, basically, and then he talked about how he's having problems with the like, organized labor. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. So we need to revisit. We, we're gonna have to revisit the classic yeah, trilogy yeah. at some point in time here and talk about Lando Calrissian's conflicts with organized labor. Oh yeah, <laughs> that can be like in the Lando series. 
<laughs> oh, oh no, they're gonna make him the boss fighting the workers. Yeah. Oh no, this is terrible. <laughs> oh, be doing no. strike breakers and scabs and all that. Lando's gonna <laughs> gonna get the strike the strike breakers out there. Oh no, <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. Where can they find you on the internet? Oh yeah, I'm uh, uh, at parenthesis i at collectiva.social on the Mastodon. <laughs> and then also the parenthesis i.blogspot.com for some of my writings. So let me see. I'm 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 still on Twitter at Logar Hill Crom, seeing what's happening there as the world burns down around me. Uh at TikTok, on TikTok at Logar Hill Crom. I'm on uh, Mastodon at Logar Hill Crom at Dice. Oh, is it dice dot? Oh, I can't even remember what it's called now. <laughs> and I'm here every day on the Wobblies and Wizards podcast. And uh, how does it how does it go again? Well, as uh, Val from Andor, as opposed to Val from Solo, <laughs> <laughs> I would say everyone has their own rebellion. <laughs>